Is there going to be sleep in heaven? Can you imagine if there's not? No more being tired. No more laying down for an afternoon nap that some of you treasure, look forward to so very much. No. It won't have to happen any longer because there'll be no sleep. No more phrases like, got to get up early tomorrow. Or, oh, it's 35 degrees tonight, good sleeping weather. And certainly no more of those overprescribed sleeping pills. What, what don't they have a pill for? There should be a pill that you can take where you don't have to take pills anymore ever again. Oh, wait a minute. There is something like that. It's called the Bible. Because the Bible explains how God and Jesus can provide you so much of everything, including love, faith, hope, and happiness, as he starts everybody off in life with a conscience to guide you as to what is right and what is wrong. But some people squash it where it's not even operating in them anymore. The book says, some men, by rejecting the guidance of conscience, have made shipwreck of their faith. Some people see their conscious conscience as a bad thing and attempt to stifle it by ignoring it or dousing it out with drugs or alcohol. But as we know, that doesn't work for long before it blows up in your face. So let's continue to pray for all those who deliberately attempt to walk away from God because the consequences of their behavior will eventually hit them along with all the people around them Because no man is an island. Some people just don't care what others do as as long as they're not bothered by it. But how can you not be bothered or influenced by their negative behavior? It eventually comes knocking on your door. So let's continue to pray for ourselves and them. The book says, first of all, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be offered for all men, especially for kings and those in authority. Yes, we definitely got to pray for our so-called leaders that they see the light and live according to their conscience, being true servants of God to really want to serve the people, not just their bank accounts. But some people don't want to hear the truth, even if it's good for them. They don't want to give in to others telling them what to do because they're that stubborn and arrogant where they rather not change even though it would benefit them. They don't want to hear the truth, the truth from the Bible that will will set everybody free. The book says, For God our Savior wants all men to be saved and come to know the truth. And the truth is this, God is one, One also is the mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And that mediator is nobody else but Jesus. It's not Mary or the saints, and it's certainly not a priest in a confessional booth. Do they still have that? It reminds me of Get Smart with the cone of silence, where nobody could hear what you're saying. I think the confessionals should be clear glass, like the, like the cone of silence. Yes, soundproof and transparent at the same time. Hey, with the priest's track record of indiscretions, I think it's a good idea. I never did like confession. 
The priest doling out Hail Marys and Our Fathers like a shopping list? Yeah, give me three cans of corn and four bags of ice. Yeah, that should do it. I wonder how exactly confession came to be. I think it was just another controlled tactic for the powerful church to know exactly what everybody's up to. Good, bad, or indifferent, they want to know what you're doing behind closed doors to have the leverage in the future to use it against you if necessary. Because there is absolutely no biblical backing for somebody telling another man their sins and asking to be forgiven by them or through them. No, no such middleman. Jesus is the one and only. Perfect timing for a song. La, la, la. Everybody now. My baby makes me proud. Lord, don't you make me proud. She never makes a scene by hanging all over me in a crowd. Is anybody picking up this code? I don't, I don't get it. When they turn out the lights, I know she'll be leaving with me. I still don't get it. And when we get behind closed doors, when she lets her hair hang down. Hair hanging down. She makes me glad. Yeah, those romantic mo uh, moments are for behind closed doors. You don't want any of that revealed to anybody, no matter who they are. Man, I took a little while to get there, board guy. But you knew what you were doing as usual. Now, these types of practices that I just mentioned that churches come up with are definitely not of God. Unless you bend and fracture the words of the Bible. Oh. When two hearts are cared, magic moments. You know, I don't have 50 seconds per song here, board guy. <laughs> so it goes away. Get the moment we kiss the night of the hayride. The way that we hug to try to keep warm. Taking the sleigh ride Sleigh rides, they were always fun. They were fun. Sleigh rides with the toboggan and sleds that run over your finger and almost cut it in half. Those sharp blades on the bottom. Why do I have? Why did I have to negatize that story? Yeah, that's what the board guy does. He brings it out on uh, out on me, out of me, something like that. But this bending and fracturing of the words of the Bible, not a good thing. Even if it's a little bit on certain things, it's a problem because those little things will turn into huge, gigantic things. The book says, the Spirit distinctly says that in later times, some will turn away from the faith and will heed deceitful spirits and things taught by demons through plausible liars, men with seared consciences, conscience, consciences. I always have trouble saying conscious and conscience. There's an N in there. Men with seared consciences. See? Consciences. Yeah. And this word plausible is a very interesting word as a plausible explanation for many of the dastardly things the politicians and globalists do. 
including people like Schwab, Soros, Gates, and Fauci. They hide behind these plausible explanations to do their dirty work, as most of the time the public buys it out of blind trust. How about some blind trust with God telling us what to do and what's to come? You're going to blindly trust another human being? The very second you decide to do that, you're finished. You will eventually be taken advantage of in a gigantic way. You won't know what hit you. All because you decided to blindly believe another human being without evidence or facts. Quite a mistake. But you have nobody to blame but yourself by putting your welfare and hopes in the hands of other people. They're laughing at you as they're like vultures picking your bones without you even knowing it. The book says, Our hopes are fixed on the living God who is the Savior of all men, but especially of those who believe. No man will ever be our Savior in any way. And that includes Trumpy Poo. Why are you looking across the street for someone to help you when you should be looking upward for someone to rescue you? And not downward, but upward. Until you do, until you do that, you'll be a neurotic mess opening doors that just shut in your face as the people whom you go to for help spit in your face, which gets you nowhere. All you're doing is spreading a bad example on what not to do and how not to behave. Hopefully you make a U-turn immediately and start walking the narrow path instead of the wide path that leads to destruction because the wide path is full of booby traps and landmines that will blow your innards and privates to kingdom come. You'll immediately become an a, th- a, th- a thousand piece puzzle, not to be put back together, but to be eaten up by rodents, ants, and bugs. Your eyeballs and ears will be crapped out by some passerby groundhog. Is that what you want? Stop looking for someone to help, save, and rescue you. The lifeguard chair is empty. Stop waiting for the phone call that never comes. And when it does, it's the wrong number. Stop looking down, shaking your head, asking, why me? When the correct answer is, why not you? Yo, we all need to lift our heads upward and call on God. Just as the teacher calls on the student and the football coach calls the plays. We need to call on God so God in turn will call out to us. Remember David killed Goliath because God was with him, even though it was seemingly impossible. It would be like you, body slamming Andre the Giant with a bad back would never happen. You'd need a crane. But with God, all things are possible. So keep drifting towards your spiritual side with the love of Jesus which you can go get yourself some from the Don't Bring Up God show on WAEB, Sunday mornings from 8 to 9. Oh, yeah! to everybody everybody needs a rescue from time to time even me from the board guy but there's nobody here it's not gonna work the book says be a continuing example of love faith and purity to believers yeah we all need to be as pure as possible wash clean as they say by the blood of Jesus 
Don't continue to get contaminated playing the ways of the world with people who could care less whether you live or die. Because nowadays, everybody's out for themselves. Selfishness is way off the charts as we're conditioned every day of our lives to look out for number one. But what about number two and three and seven and 50 and 1,003? Is it really every man for himself? That's not what Jesus teaches. But then again, nobody knows what he says because nobody reads the Bible anymore. Even though the book clearly says, until I arrive, devote yourself to the reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching. Everybody should read the Bible in order to help spread the word to family and friends. Just mentioning uh, God in Jesus' name to bring it to somebody's consciousness is a good thing. Just a sentence here and there to make somebody think about it at least. We all can do that. There's no excuse why we don't. Now, you see, true Christians will take this in stride and say, yes, of course, that's what we are all to do every day or every week of our lives. And isn't that why we're put on this earth to begin with? But people, once again, who never read the Bible don't hear about it or consider it ever. Even though the book says, watch yourself and watch your teaching. Persevere at both tasks. By doing so, you will bring to salvation yourself and all who hear you. And again, this definitely applies to all of us to some degree. Like I tell my kids, no matter how old they are, to don't forget your prayers. And when some miserable news news item of the day comes to our attention, I say invariably, that's what God is for. When everything seems so set up against us, where evil seems to be mounting more and more for all of us, I simply say, that's what God is for. Stay close. And planting a seed in their head that the solution to life lies outside of themselves. It lies with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit of the Bible. As that little seed hopefully grows stronger and stronger into a pure devotion to God Almighty. And we can't rely on the churches to do this for us. To teach our kids about God of the Bible? No. That would be like relying on plumbers and mechanics to give you a fair price and not jacking up the bill by 300 no matter what the problem is. Shouldn't there be some kind of meter on them, like a taxi cab? Because there's way too much maneuvering gray area there to charge whatever whatever they want. Just pick a number out of the air and write it down on the invoice to make it look official So customers won't have the guts to challenge it. Yeah, I don't like that system. So teaching the Bible to our children is the best thing we can do as parents. So why aren't you? It's time for us to make a move because the opposition backed by Satan is as strong as it ever was. So what's our only defense? Make sure our kids know the word of God. Make sure they know who Jesus is, what he said, and what he did. Make sure your kids at a very young age see him as their best friend with the best advice. Because that's our only hope. The book says, if a widow has any children or grandchildren, let these learn that piety begins at home. And that they should fittingly support their parents and grandparents. That is the way God wants it to be. And if you're too busy to instruct your kids, then you need to readjust your schedule. Eliminate the things that are simply wasting your time with no positive end game whatsoever. 
Because we all know if we really want to do something, we're going to do it. We'll make time somehow, some way to get the job done. So no excuses. Because your rationalizations are only burying you that much deeper. And God, your, and God the Father hates to see that. God, your Father. He hates to see you, as the book says, becoming not only time wasters, but gossips and busybodies as well. Talking about things they ought not. So make the time to do the right thing with your children. And if your church helps in some way, then great. But don't expect them to always be there. Because sometimes these preachers and pastors have their priorities all mixed up. The book says, Such men value religion only as a means of personal gain. So we got to be on guard and have caution with the people we deal with. And remember, when we leave this world into the next, we're not going to be asked what everyone else did or didn't do. We're going to be asked what we did to help our fellow man and how aware we were of the Word of God and what we did to spread it to others. Did you have the courage to do so, or were you simply a coward hiding behind the drapes in your living room where you simply didn't have the guts to do it? Yeah, these are the questions that we're going to be asked, and nobody and nothing is going to come to your rescue. Your giant house and four-car garage won't be able to help you. Your pool, including the six-foot-two good-looking pool boy, won't be able to assist you. Your implants will render no help. And all your guns hidden in the safe or under your bed or in the drawer won't be enough to protect you. Weapons that have been collecting dust for so long you forgot how to use them. Putting in the bullets backwards, if that's even possible. The book says, we have brought nothing into this world, nor have we the power to take anything out. Yeah, the only thing that's coming out of this world that belongs to you is you. So you'll either be confident to stand before Jesus at the judgment, or you'll be cowering behind the sofa, hoping not to be noticed. But you know that's not going to work. That sofa can't hide that big butt of yours. Who are you kidding? So do yourself a favor and invest into the Word of God. Read the Bible, especially the New Testament, that guides and directs you, giving you everything you need to know. And the more you read the Bible and absorb it, the more you'll be able to recognize falsehood. You'll be able to listen to somebody and immediately know if they're telling the truth. Your radar on evil will detect all of it, where you won't be fooled and manipulated any longer going down the road to nowhere because you'll now be equipped to handle any situation that comes your way with less and less confusion and misery. The book says, stay clear of worldly idle talk and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. In laying claim to such knowledge, some men have missed the goal of faith. Again, we're back to distinguishing between truth and lies. Are you able to do that? Or do you just follow the leader? following the majority, figuring that the more people believing in something, the more th- the more truth it must be, the more true it must be. Truth, truth, pick one. You know, you have this mob rules philosophy and mentality. No, you can't have that. Yet you have it to the point where you don't think on your, your own anymore 
because you feel you don't have to or you can't. Well, that's a bad spot to be in. If you relish your controls, if you relinquish, rather, your controls to somebody else, then you're nothing more than a slave. That's what it comes down to. Now, many times when Paul finishes his letters or epistles in the New Testament, he ends it by saying, grace be with you. The grace we receive from God encompasses so many things. The book says, for it is by grace you are saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. So this unmerited favor that we get from God is crucial to our survival and getting us to the promised land. Now, I don't, know, I don't believe the phrase, the promised land, was ever used in the Bible. It was just the land of Canaan promised to the Israelites. We today see it symbolic as the promised land of heaven, inheriting all the things that God has promised. That's why they call it the promised land. And in the new heavens and the new earth at the end of times, all the promises of the Bible will come to pass. You don't think God is going to not make good on all of them, do you? Of course he will. He's no shifty shyster. Unlike this song. Don't weep for me when I'm dead and gone. Is this opera or something? For I'll just be going home. Heaven's light will shine on me it will lead me to eternity i like the words who's this guy when i take my final breath he's got a bit of an accent lay these feeble bones to rest yeah they're feeble all right i will run through heaven's gates where my blessed Savior waits. I love the words, but it takes him three and minutes to get through one sentence. How, my hand. how slow can you talk and or sing? I don't know. And I'll be happier than I've ever been. He's talking more than he's singing. Can we now agree on that? You worry. We'll meet again and stay together in the promised land. Ah, okay. That sums it up very nicely, even though he's talking and not singing. All right, that's enough. You made your point, board guy. Very nice. Fit in pretty, in a pretty way, very beautifully fit in there nicely. But back to my shifty shysters that I mentioned earlier. You know, shifty shysters, like like all the lawyers defending OJ back in the day. I love watching defense lawyers who know firsthand that their client is guilty of sin as they interview their th this person and gather information about the crime. Many times, they got to be wondering how they're going to get through the opening statement without breaking out laughing, giving up halfway through. Okay, okay, you got me. I tried to defend this guy for $1.8 million, but this farce has gone on long enough. Hey, judge, I quit. I resign. Lock him up. As sure as you got that ugly mole on the side of your face, yeah, he did it.
Case closed. Yes, I'm one of those brainwashed, indoctrinated college kids you hear so much about. But you know what? It's not working. Because why? Well, I have half a brain and good old-fashioned common sense and morals. I'm no empty-headed follower, not just another pretty face. Oh, did I mention? Yeah, I have a pretty face. Half of my foreign professors can't speak English. Seriously, I can't understand a word of their gibberish during class. The other half speak only to give their biased, one-sided liberal arguments against Trump. Whatever happened to free discourse on both sides of an issue? I suppose you can get that, as long as the discussion involves transvestites, cross-dressers, and sex change operations. Don't Bring Up God is all about free discourse. Call up live at 610-720-7900 and voice your honest opinion. And don't worry, be assured your grade won't go down if you disagree with Robert. That's 610-720-7900. And we got no calls today. No calls. No calls. Now, in order to receive all the promises from God, you need to know how to wait. Waiting is so crucial and mentioned throughout the Bible. If you're not able to wait, then you're going to miss out on so many things in life because that's part of the formula in order to receive from God. The book says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Because as you're waiting for the Lord to act in your life, you are putting your faith out front and center. You are proving your faith as you wait. But if you get everything immediately, then there's no faith building in that whatsoever. We have to be tested to prove our true colors. And we do that by waiting for God's timing to take place, not ours, because our timing is now. Do it now. God's timing is most often in a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe even a couple years. Can you hold out till then? Is your faith that strong to do it? The book says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So waiting is very imperative. It's so important. It helps mold you into the person that God wants you to be. A man and woman of character, morals, stamina, courage, and above all, faith. And you can do this. Just pray to God every day for protection and direction, and then follow his lead, knowing full well that receiving what you hope for is just a matter of time, as hopefully it's in the will of God for you to do or receive. If not, forget about it, because it would only hurt and damage you in some way that you're just not seeing, so God won't let it happen. The book says, for still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So yeah, God's responses to your request will, will seem slow in coming, because, as I said earlier, you, you want it no later than Thursday. You're thinking in hours and days while God is thinking in months and years. Now, you're not going to question God's strategy, are you? 
Well, that will change if you do, because you'll be forced to wait. There's no way around it. There is no other way. You'll learn, and when you wait, you have to have the patience to do it. You can't be a servant of God without patience, self-control, and discipline. And I know nobody likes to be patient, but you got to learn how to be patient. you got to learn. Just as many of you learned as a young man or woman when to stop drinking before you threw up. As you learned where the line was, finally, from experience, thinking to yourself, hey, if I drink one more drink, I'm going to heave. Now, do I want to kiss the toilet bowl or do I want to stop drinking and possibly get to kiss that girl over there in the blue dress? So what I'm saying is, if we all can learn about that, then we can definitely learn how to wait. The book says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Uh, so as, as, you, um, as you are patient and wait for God to return your message, so to speak, don't ruin it by looking at others and saying, oh, look at Tommy and Jill. They seem to get everything instantaneously. It doesn't look like they're waiting on God at all. They don't even believe in God. Well, maybe I shouldn't either. Whoops. Big mistake. First of all, don't compare and contrast yourself with anybody because you don't know what pitfalls are awaiting them. And, and, it's, and it's one of Satan's tricks as he derails your loyalty to the Lord by twisting and turning your focus, just like he did with Eve in the Garden of Eden. Don't fall for it. Have the courage to stay diligent, to not move off your spot, because the trust and faith you have in God will pay off. Because remember, God never abandons us. He's with us now and throughout eternity. The book says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. There you go, right out of the Bible. In black and white, God gives us yet another promise. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to believe or disbelieve? It's up to you. Hopefully, we all say to ourselves right out of the Bible, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word, I hope. And once you decide to have hope in the Lord, don't backtrack and go back to square one and give up for some reason. You can give up on yourself, but never give up on the Lord because he hasn't forgotten you. You think he's going to ignore you like you've ignored so, so many others in your life? No, it will never happen. Because God cares and loves us so much, more than any human being can. Just like when we make something with our own hands, it becomes special to us because we created it. Same thing with God. We are special, not in our own eyes, but through God's eyes. The book says, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the, for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Now, that is something to believe in and to have hope for, because everything that is good comes from the Lord. Every genuine benefit comes from God. So we wait in silence. It really doesn't count if you're going to complain and moan about it all day, day in and day out, as if you just fell down the steps. Oh, that hurts. 
I can't wait until the cast comes off with a big fat frown on your face that never goes away. You can't do that because I got news for you. As long as you complain as you wait on God, chances are you ain't going to receive anything except more dirty looks from your husband or wife from bitching and moaning so much. You'll, you'll just get more frustrated because you're going to have to wait even longer now. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain I love these guys. Still remains within the sound of silence I don't hear the word wait. Dreams I walked delicate but i don't hear the word wait unless you're highlighting a different word that i'm not aware of oh well so when we wait we should do it with a smile on our face full of energy every day knowing full well the good things coming our way on the horizon what's the matter with you don't be moping around like a moax depressing everybody within a three mile radius you're better than that just a Wait, is that pretty much it? Are you happy now? Okay, you got it in there. I don't know about the context, but it was the word wait. I'll give you that, bored guy. The book says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. The Bible says throughout that Jesus was sent to this earth in order to help save and rescue us. But from what? Well, from the problems that we face every day of our lives. From every turmoil, from every anxiety-filled situation you can think of, Jesus is willing to take all that on his shoulders and alleviate you from the pressure. Why wouldn't you take him up on that? Why is it so difficult for you to do that? And how do you do that, you may ask? Well, you'll find the answers by reading the Bible, especially the New Testament, listening to sincere preachers, and praying for assistance. That's what we do on our end. Not too difficult as hopefully one day you'll be saying what King David said. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, God, time after time, came to rescue man. If he did it for them back then, he certainly will do it for us today, right? We need to tap into this. We need to invest our whole mind, heart, soul, and body into this, into believing and loving God the Father and Jesus Christ where you wake up each day wanting to follow in Jesus' footsteps and to become more and more like him. I get this feeling that the board guy wants to play another song and he's just waiting for an opening. 
Yes? No? Oh, all right. I guess no. <laughs> the book says, my hope is in you. Rejoice in hope. Ah. <laughs> uh, I had to coax him back, didn't I? This is what I get for opening my mouth. He had a song in waiting, apparently. This is Rolling Stones. Just waiting on a friend. Ah, I beat him to it before the lyrics kicked in. That's what this is. Watch. Listen. Come on, Mick. Watching girls pass by. It ain't the latest thing. Mick was quite a character, is. Hey, August 12th on Saturday, Relic Hunter firing line. They got women with weapons, a women with weapons class. Yeah, you got to tap into that. That's at Relic Hunter, 610-440-1911. Hey, no calls today. No calls. This is familiar, too. And waiting is the hardest part. We can all agree on that, but we nevertheless have to do it. As I said, there's no calls today, just so you guys know. The book says, my hope is in you. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in, pr in prayer. Man, that just sums up everything so nicely. My hope is in you. Be patient in tribulation. And be constant in prayer. That's the blueprint for success. And some of us see it and some of us don't. All right, board guy, I got a whole outline here to go through and notes and and whatever. You're making it difficult. And that's a good thing. And sometimes we do that by actually waiting on God. And others in regular life. Yeah, yeah. So, as I said, some of us see it and some of us don't on how to get through this life in the best light possible and to ultimately attain our prize, which is living with God in the new heavens and the new earth with a new glorified body. That is our cause and that is our prize. 
as we receive the crown of life. And there's nothing better than that. Even these songs that we're hearing one after the other, they don't compare. You know, and even though we don't understand 100% of all what heaven entails, it's still better than anything we could imagine. Nothing's better. No, nothing. Not even close. Because God tells us as much. It's just one of thousands of promises that come to pass once and for all in the promised land, as we talked about earlier. See how that all fits together? Just like getting a new hip because you just can't take the pain anymore? Yeah, that steel ball fits right into that socket joint of yours, doesn't it? Oh, the minor miracles of science. These doctors do so many of them, though, of those operations. They can do it blindfolded with one stethoscope tied behind their back. And you don't get to vacation in the hospital after you're done. No, they kick you out the same day or the, or the next day. Like a dog who just peed on the carpet. Get out of here. Or an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend trying to patch things up. Get out of here. You had your chance. The book says, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Back to the word wait, where we wait as long as it takes because God's timing is perfect. God's in control. He navigates our life and nobody else. Because he he clearly says that he has a special plan for all of our lives, utilizing all of our God-given talents and gifts. So what part of that don't we understand? The book says, wait for the Lord and keep his way, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. Yeah, God hates the wicked evildoers of this world. Those who refuse to repent and change those who essentially spit on Jesus and mock him every chance they get. And one of the greatest ways of mocking him is to ignore him. And there's nothing worse than being ignored, as we know in our own lives. Somebody can hug with love or yell with hate, but either way, we're still receiving something from the other person. It's only when they ignore us and give us nothing, that's when we become hurt and devastated, sometimes beyond repair. The book says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You've heard that expression, good things come to those who wait. The waiting is such a necessary process for so many things in life, and certainly when dealing with God Almighty. It's undeniable, so just accept it. Don't try to bend the rules in your favor to alleviate the waiting process because it's never going to work. As you try to rush things and push things before the proper time, you'll ruin everything. As you'll knock yourself backwards five years. Who wants that? So don't be hasty and rash in your decision making because you're only hurting yourself. The book says, wait for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is our ultimate hope in life, which we wait for, to finally see and meet Jesus face to face and bask in his power and glory as eternity's doors are opened wide so we can once and for all receive and enjoy God's loving, peaceful, joyous, happy kingdom. Now, as for Satan and his followers, not want it or invite it, just as they never want it to be, just as though, just as they never want it, or invited Jesus into their lives when they had a chance on earth. 
Don't be left out in the cold, or shall we say the heat. The heavens and the angels rejoice every time somebody is born again, accepting Jesus as their Savior and role model. It's a big deal. Maybe not down here on earth, but who cares what happens down here on earth? Separate yourself from the way of the world. You'll be glad you did. I, uh, I'm i going to a wedding. Uh, I don't know when. It's coming up, I think, next week or something. I got a wedding. Yeah, got to go again. And who knows? For all I know, there's two or three more coming down the pike. I feel I need to let everybody know my schedule. Oh, yeah, you need to know. Then you'll be able to sleep at night, right? <laughs> but two or three weddings coming down, I, I don't care. I'll go as long as, they, as long as I get fed. I'm thinking most people get engaged and get married at least a year. And then, uh, see, I'm talking too fast. Slow down, slow down, breathe, breathe. I'm thinking most people get engaged and then get married at least a year later, sometimes two. What happens? All right, love, marriage, we get it, board guy. Can I get through this? Please. what I want to talk about. What happens within that span of time when you're planning your wedding if one or both no longer wants to get married? What happens when they want to call it off when over half of the arrangements are already made? What happens when they don't speak up and just go through go, go through and along with the flow and, and get married anyway? Did that happen to you? Because planning a wedding is a big test for an engaged couple. Yeah, there's a lot of things you need to iron out that can go wrong. And if you're going to spaz out and argue over that, then maybe you shouldn't be getting married. I can just see a bride and or groom up there on the altar being asked, do you take so-and-so to be your lawfully wedded whatever? And then all of a sudden there's a slight pause signifying, okay, there you go. He or she wants out, but they say, I do anyway. It'd be funny if they would actually say, I do, and then add the word not. I do not. And then shake hands, turn to the audience and say, sorry about that. Especially when they have no intentions of giving the gifts and money back. Man, you risk a mutiny right in the church. Right out of the pews, they'll be swinging the collection basket at your head. And winging quarters at you like those ninja stars. (laughs) But nevertheless, nevertheless, back on the serious mode, let's remember... As I got five minutes left, let's remember that true Christians are born twice and and non-believers die twice because we are first physically born and then spiritually born again as disbelievers physically die and then die again after the great white throne judgment as their name will not be found in the book of life right before getting cast into the lake of fire. Cast. That's a fishing term, isn't it? Shouldn't fishermen say, I'm going waiting instead of fishing? Because that's all you're really doing, is waiting for a fish for hours that never comes. All really you're doing is torturing worms by piercing them with a sharp hook in the hope of jagging up an an unsuspecting fish by the lip. How would you like that? Biting into a nice juicy hoagie only to find a sharp spike. Oh, that would hurt. Although... Some would like the free lip piercing. 
another thought I had is that why is it that government and social truth many times comes out after the fact, maybe 20 to 30 years later sometimes, after the damage has been done? And, and as we con- concentrate and figure out the truth, the next evil scheme is being hatched against us. So the truth finding serves as a distraction while we don't see what's coming down the pike next. Like the Ukraine war coming right after the fake coronavirus and vaccines. Yeah, yeah. Just another technique of the billionaires and trillionaires running governments and the entire world. I also read an article about the Freemasons who use a large amount of symbolism in everything that they do. And I'm wondering why. Why does it have to be so secretive to just a select few? But then I was thinking how Jesus operated in the New Testament. He talked in parables, partially in order to keep the true message within the sphere of his apostles and followers, so the outsiders wouldn't get what he's saying. They wouldn't understand the message. And I'm thinking since Satan and his followers copy everything uh, God does, could this symbolism, especially in the Freemasonry, come from there? where they're trying to communicate in secret just as Jesus did to some extent in the New Testament. Because as we know, evil is not creative. All they do is counterfeit what God has done and established just as gangs on the street communicate with colors and hand signs. Same principle. Let's see, what other stream of consciousness thought do I have? Here's one. Um, some people, and you got to guard against this, some people know every fact and figure about the Bible, and God bless them. But it seems that that knowledge is stagnant, because if you look at their life, there's no action and spreading of love. Love is what we're supposed to do. If you just have all this knowledge about the Bible and just talk the talk and don't walk any kind of walk, that's not good. You know, it's like a buried treasure. It's worthless. So what I'm saying is we need to have both. Let's have the precise facts and figures of the Bible and discuss uh, any time that people want to, for sure. But also do the love thing, because God is love. Uh, you know, the, the knowledge of the Bible and the action of love in our lives towards God and towards our neighbor, that's where we're going to be judged. We're not going to get a quiz up in heaven. Excuse me about this, that, and the other thing, and if you get 100, you're going to get to heaven. It's not going to work that way. He's going to ask about the love thing, the love part. Uh, How have you showed love to yourself, to your family and friends and strangers? We need to be the good Samaritan. Yes. Let's not forget the action. Stop the talk to talk. Walk the walk. All right. Wow. Quite a mouthful. All kinds of topics. Stream of consciousness. Oh, well, that's me. Thank you, Board Guy, for all the songs. Hey, all roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again.